Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. In this episode, I look at the best of 2020 and how this year has helped me return to the classics. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about what the best of 2020 was for me and how it turned out to, as a year, have some really surprising results that I had not particularly expected. Um, Any year starts out with a little bit of an unknown quantity, right? You're not sure what it's going to bring. You're excited about the possibilities and you kind of move forward with anticipation and making lots of plans. And of course, 2020 was a year where pretty much everybody's plans got to some degree sidetracked. Uh, For me, as I look back on the last 12 months, what I see is I basically ended up returning to a form of classical study, not just with horses, but sort of in general uh, with psychology, with my own mindset, maybe also with just how I looked at the world in general. And where this started for me was with reaching out to other people to have conversations about horsemanship. In general, I'm pretty much an on-the-go kind of person, and I don't always set aside a lot of time to have leisurely conversations with people. I'm usually on my way somewhere, often kind of pushing it a little bit, maybe going to be within 10 minutes of being late, so I really have to kind of get going. And I rarely, as I said, sort of go slow and let a conversation unfold gradually over time. But in 2020, I had several conversations with outstanding horsewomen on this podcast, and not even so much as, oh, I want to interview these people because they're amazing, which they are, and which was a great motivation to interview them in and of itself, but also because I wanted to not only get to know them, but to talk through some different horsemanship concepts, different maybe types of horses that we've encountered together, and also just to become more aware of how so many individuals approach the horses differently, people who have great skill, great experience, yet also bring great individuality to how they view horsemanship and how to work with the horses in a way that helps the horses the most. While there are classic principles to a good philosophy of horsemanship, there is that little bit of variance that each person kind of brings to the table that goes back to maybe their own perspective, their unique experience, and also maybe what I would call their unique filter. We all have things that maybe catch our attention more easily or things that we notice more quickly than other people. And that's what I call a filter. So I tend to have a filter for a horse with a certain kind of personality. And I can interpret a lot of maybe their physical symptoms or behavior or ways of going under saddle and track it back to that kind of personality. I also tend to have a really, really good eye for certain kinds of front leg lameness and some subtleties with braces in musculature. This goes back to a lot of the work that I've done with war horses off the track, horses that have raced you know, for many years longer than the average horse. So that's my unique filter. I also um, noted that I don't come from a traditional background in horse training. The way that I came to do this work was a little atypical 
kind of coming to it as an adult beginner, really early on, and then gradually becoming more and more sort of obsessed with horsemanship and working with horses, again, in a way that benefits them the most. Because of all of that, I tend to take a really active learning approach to every horse I work with and to learning more about horsemanship. So in other words, I always see myself as a student of the horse, not really as an expert. So during 2020, I reached out to some, as I said, just remarkable horsewomen. Those of you who've been listening to the podcast have heard me interview Amy Skinner, Brooke Tatro, Linda Hoover, Emma Daly Klein, and Kathleen Beckham. Each of those podcast episodes very quickly morphed from a traditional interview into just a relaxed and kind of far-reaching conversation about horsemanship, their approach to it, their unique perspective, the kind of creativity they might bring to their work, the type of development that they'd seen in themselves as, as horsewomen and as teachers and as trainers. And it was very relaxed. And I found myself while I was in the moment doing those podcast interviews where I essentially forgot that I was the interviewer. I became just really interested in what they were saying. And uh, for me, it was just something that was a delight as well as super educational this idea that you would simply relax into a conversation about a topic you find important and then discover so many insights from the person you're talking with. And then the conversations would take these interesting turns that I had not anticipated and I just allowed that to happen. I think in another year I would have been more prone to sort of sticking to the script or trying to make sure it was very formal and correct. And instead, I just allowed myself, as I said, to enjoy these conversations. And before we knew it, in almost every one of those podcast interviews, we'd be kind of going along and I would go, oh, we've been talking for over an hour. And we'd had no idea. It felt like 20 minutes. So that is something that is a huge benefit for me that came out of 2020, that if I had been in my normal schedule, my normal hustle and bustle, I would not have maybe taken the time to reach out to these particular individuals and then once, once we were in the interview, to just relax and enjoy the conversation. In a similar way, the second big benefit for me of 2020 was my ability to set aside time to read and reread favorite books on horsemanship. And there were a few that I was particularly interested in studying. That was The Seamless Seat by Kathleen Schmidt, The Dressage Seat by Anya Baran, I don't know if you're seeing a theme, seat, seat is the theme so far, Centered Riding by Sally Swift, and my absolute favorite, Think Harmony with Horses by Ray Hunt. So each of these books is somewhat complimentary, of course, because they're all touching on these foundations, kind of fundamental aspects of horsemanship and equitation from different perspectives. You know, Sally Swift is very different from Anya Baran. Kathleen Schmidt, obviously, is very different from both of them. And Ray Hunt, of course, was unique unto himself. But the way that each of these authors in each of those books approach, again, these core fundamentals of seat and posture and position for the horse and for the rider working together as a team. So if the rider is going to be able to help the horse become more balanced, more straight, and more supple, the rider needs to address that in himself or herself first. And that is something that just takes a lot of for me anyway, slow study. It isn't something that comes so automatically to me. I tend to be the kind of rider and handler who's a bit in the moment. So I can tell you 
what I'm feeling as I'm working with that horse in the moment or sitting on that horse at the moment, but I don't necessarily sit down and have an analytical approach and break it down. Or again, I might be watching you as a horse and rider team together, and I might tell you to do certain things with your elbow or relax your hips a certain way because I can see that there's something that you could do that might just help relax everybody a little bit more. But if someone said to me, Lynn, can you explain specifically the anatomical theory behind what you said? I'd be like, I don't know. I just know that they need to do that. So the books allowed me to kind of take that slow, careful approach. And and they're all, all four of these books are well-written, have very good illustrations of some of them, particularly, particularly I would say centered riding and the dressage seat. And it's very it's a very rare thing again for me to set aside time to do study of books. I prefer just to maybe, I'm kind of a tactile learner. I'm a visual learner, but I'm also a tactile learner. So I tend to need to actually like have the reins in my hand in that moment or be working with a specific course to deepen my knowledge on a concept. But these books, kind of this slow, leisurely, quiet study, often reading a couple of them simultaneously, really helped me learn in a different way. And again, it was all of the kind of quiet, more more laid back time that 2020 presented so many of us with that gave me the opportunity to do that, to really appreciate that and to not feel that I was maybe letting something more important slip, something more activist, like, oh, you should be, you know, working with these 15 horses today. It was more like, well, actually today, it's a really good day to sit down and really understand this concept. So those books I recommend, there's many other terrific horsemanship books and look for an upcoming podcast in January with books that several of the interviewed folks that I mentioned earlier here, what their favorite books are and why. The extra time devoted to good conversations and good books on horsemanship theory and equitation kind of naturally led into the third and most important element of 2020 that was so beneficial for me. And that was this idea of really internalizing the concept of small, daily, consistent things as being the most important way to advance, well, any field of study or any goals, but particularly horsemanship. Because I had been spending so much time in good conversations with really horsemanship mentors and again, excellent horsewomen, plus reading quality books by masters and very skilled riders in different disciplines, I began to internalize more and more, I guess you would say, the habits and the mindset of those individuals that I had been reading and that I had been talking with. And I really sort of took it to heart, this idea of the small daily consistent things are what make the big difference. And it changed my overall rhythm again, too. Obviously, as I've said multiple times in this podcast, 2020 changed the rhythm for a lot of us, right? A lot of us ended up with very different schedules. Maybe our work schedules were way changed. Maybe we had to completely alter our businesses, whatever it was. It opened some interesting doors that we hadn't even been looking for. 
sometimes those open doors seem maybe a little unnerving. It is somewhat challenging to have a lot of your normal routine sort of upended uh, to not be certain what the future is going to be. But for me, that only maybe reinforced this idea of, well, the small daily consistent things that I can control, I was definitely going to put into practice. I was going to show up every day, do quality work, and really focus on the fundamentals with the horses. Because of that, I found that my awareness was really growing on sort of spotting things before they happened and you know do less sooner, that kind of concept. And again, it was not because I had become some, you know, incredible omniscient, you know, person who works with horses. It was because I had slowed down and I was really looking at things that in the past I might have thought were almost too small to comment on or not important. And I started to see how that sequence of, let's say, a horse is maybe heading toward a little bit of trouble or getting getting spooked or getting scared, that that actually started maybe with the slightest flick of an ear when I was haltering the horse or leading the horse outside of its pen or its pasture. Whereas before I might not notice that something was brewing for the horse, but the horse was starting to feel a little more troubled until maybe they tightened their jaw or lifted their head more. So because I was in this again quieter, consistent, more calm day-to-day mindset, I was picking up on things that I hadn't before. I also had less distraction because I was not maybe as caught up in what my usual activities would have been. You know, in 2019, I was spending a lot of time, well, I was going out of state to interview people for the podcast. I was doing clinics, small clinics with local barns. I was, um, geez, going to different stables to work with individuals with Horsewise. All these things were sort of off the table for, for most of 2020. And so I found myself focusing on helping clients online and helping clients that were very local who were already following protocols at a barn that I was already at. So that, you know, again, to maintain social distancing and to have good safety practices in place. So basically I had more time and I had less things to sort of clutter my mind. And then I had that good sort of example that was being set by these wonderful horsewomen that I interviewed, as well as the authors of the books that I mentioned. Because of all of that, I began to think about how could I share that? How could I help my clients or help even just other people who might encounter me through you know, Facebook or Instagram, how could I make something more clear? How could I explain something better? How could I teach it better? How could I help other people become more aware of what I was seeing now on a more regular basis? And uh, so it really ultimately made me a much better teacher and certainly a much better handler of the horses. I also learned to turn that spotlight even more brightly on myself on what were the things I was bringing to the table when I was interacting and working with a horse? What were the small things that I was doing in my posture, in my body language, in my presence, even in my attentiveness or lack thereof, that was creating the environment which the horse was responding to? And that was very interesting to me as well. I always try, we all always try to be aware of what we're bringing to the table, but This year, I started to see 
again, those very small things that maybe in a previous year I wouldn't have noticed so much, even so much as maybe the placement of my fingers or how quickly I lifted my hand or how rapidly I was walking or how deep was I breathing? All these little things that for some horses just make a huge difference. If you watch, if you see how they are responding to it right then in the moment. So overall, 2020 gave me tools to become a much better student of the horse. And that in turn allowed me to become a much better teacher for my clients and for the horses that I work with. 2020 brought me such a great group of not just mentors and role models, but also friends, friends who live in all different parts of the U.S., yet we were able to have these in-depth conversations and, and develop a camaraderie based on the horse, based on the things that we wanted to do better and learn more about and help the horse with. The extra time to study classical works, classical books, about equitation and horsemanship was also such a huge benefit in that it quieted my mind and allowed me to work on things that I often would sort of skim over or rush over, mostly because they were hard for me, because it's not the way maybe my mind naturally absorbs new material or how I maybe pinpoint what things I need to change in myself. So the books were really great as this classical curriculum, again, classical in the sense of the masters, but also classical in the sense of literally books, right? And so that was something that I found much pleasure in and kind of also felt this connection back to history. You know, back in the day, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't, you know, eBooks. Way back in the day, there were barely books at all. So to have this sort of link back to the most fundamental way to learn, to to read and to study and to follow in the footsteps of people who have learned it all many, many years, decades, some cases centuries before I was even around, I found that to be very inspiring. Then combined also with these more modern masters that I was talking with and interviewing for the podcast. What really surprised me though was the result that I saw in Horsewise as a business. The podcast has grown exponentially in 2020. We have listeners in 50 states plus 57 countries now. We've never had this amount of downloads or new listeners coming in every month. It's very, very exciting. Horsewise as a business has had its most profitable year since we started several years ago. That was totally unexpected and and a very pleasant surprise, which I'm very grateful for everyone's interest in my work and for working with me as a coach. We also saw a really fascinating development in that Horsewise is now working with 4-H clubs to develop horsemanship curriculum and groundwork curriculum for the 4-H club members. This was something that had been a big wish list of mine even two or three years ago, yet 2020 was the year when it finally came together. And again, I believe a lot of that has to do with the classical study that I undertook this year. So for me, 2020 turned out to be a year full of unexpected gifts. And I hope for you that it was the same. I know we all look forward to a new year, maybe especially 2021. I wish all of you a happy new year. And as always, I thank you for listening.